This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Four minutes after 12 is the time and here we are, our weekly adventure into the unknown. Actually, that doesn't work at the moment, does it? Every flipping hour of every flipping programme is an adventure into the unknown. But this at least is deliberate and intentional. Uh, and it is your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. The number you need is the same as always, 03456060973. And the way it works is this. Um, you've got a little question, or possibly a big question, maybe even a medium-sized one, bubbling away in the back of your brain to which you know there must be an answer, but you have thus far been able to find it, unable to find it. Somebody else listening to this programme, which is lucky enough to have by far the best informed and intellectual audience of any radio programme in the world, will know the answer. So when you ask it, someone else will ring in and answer it, which doesn't necessarily sound like a recipe for radio gold. This is the bit where you have to trust me, if you're new to the feature, or indeed the programme. Don't be dull. That's always good advice in most contexts, uh, unless you're an accountant. Uh, but equally, repetition we try to avoid, although, frankly, that rule's gone by the wayside as the years have passed. If I can remember dealing with a question relatively recently, then I will discourage my colleagues from putting it on the board again. Other than that, fill your boots. Uh, if you ring in with an answer, it has to be from your knowledge base, already established. You can't look stuff up, otherwise it's a complete waste of all our time. The question becomes... Um, uh, one of qualifications, to which you can answer by saying something as banal as I saw it on telly last night, James. You don't have to have a PhD in the relevant subject, as will become clear when some of the questions are asked. And they are a curious mixture of the sublime, the silly, uh, the serious and the downright stupid. Oh, almost all welcome. Um, I think that'll do it, won't it? I think t I'll solve one mystery for you at the beginning. I told you Stephen had, uh, had tweeted me to say, my money's on Johnny Vaughan. And I wondered what on earth he was responding to. He's been back in touch to remind us that I had actually revealed that another radio presenter had been in touch to say that they too found a curious lack of um, conviction that Tom Watson's resignation as deputy leader of the Labour Party was as important as, as the likes of us who do this stuff for a living thought at first glance that it must be. Um, so uh, Stephen's been back in touch. So it was a guess and a bad joke about the radio phoning host that texted you. Admittedly, without context, it must seem insane. <laughs> My money's on Johnny Vaughan. What's the question? I love Johnny Vaughan, for the record, but I don't know that he presents a phone-in show at the moment on Radio X. I think it's it's mostly spinning platters. We are at six minutes after 12. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour is underway, and that, I think, will do for the introduction. Let's start in Westminster. Lee is there. Question or answer, Lee? Uh, it's a question. Hi, Hello. James. Hello, mate. Um, I'm, I'm asking questions today because yeah. I'd like to phone in the speech you on other matters, but you're a bit too much of a savage, James. Well, I, you say that. I, mean, I have my moments of pussycattery, but it depends on the topic under discussion. Anyway, well, I, don't think, I don't think I've ever dismantled anyone during Mystery Hour. Yeah, which is the reason why I'm calling. <laughs> OK, so um, basically, Valentine's Day, hearts, broken heart, heart on cards. Yes. Where, how, where did the heart shape come from? Because obviously... On a card, Valentine's card, it hasn't got an actual biological human heart shape no. on it. So how, where and why was the human heart shape substituted for the heart shape we see today? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think, I don't, would you allow me just to redraw the parameters of the question slightly? I don't think there was you ever... have a, a choice, James. Well, that's a very good point, Lee. Uh, I don't think there was ever a point in human history where the heart as a romantic symbol was represented by an anatomically accurate picture of the actual human 
muscle. Right. So I don't think it ever got replaced as such. Uh. I think I, I think the question is why why does the heart in romantic symbolism not look like the heart what is beating away in our chests? Bingo. Yes. That, that is why you do this thing. That is why they pay me the big bucks, Lee. Exactly. Thank now you. I, I can't remember the answer. I think we might have done it before, but my goodness me, it will be worthy of repetition. Although Valentine's Day is a long way off. Thank you. There you go. You see, Lee, pussycat, mate. See, he's gone. Eight minutes after twelve. Vivian is in Cheltenham. Vivian, question or answer? Yeah. Hello. Question, please. Yes. Is handwriting genetic? Do you mean hereditary? So, like, do you inherit? Well, hereditary, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I get post from my mum. Yeah. And my husband instantly recognises it and says, oh, that's from your mum because it's the same as your writing. Yeah. And then my brother has got handwriting similar to my dad. Okay. Did you go to the same school as your mum? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, most people didn't. I, I, my, I, went, my... I went to the same school as my brother. He's my I, twin. So. You, you, your twins and your handwriting isn't similar? No. Well, that might be an answer to the question of... I mean, you're, ident you're not identical twins, obviously. That was close. I nearly put my foot... Not, not the last time I looked. Well, I can think of a few obvious differences. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's a family programme. We won't go there. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, if, if you are twins then it's not going to be genetic, is it, handwriting? There's something else. That's why I wonder if the word is hereditary. My oldest has handwriting a bit like mine. But, yeah, but my handwriting's not very it. good, so I'm a bit cross about it, to be honest. Yeah, I see, I see kind of traits of, of my cousins as well. Some of my cousins write similarly, similarly to my mum. I mean, genetic. On the side. Yeah, and, and I mean, the way you hold a pen might be linked by the length of your finger. I don't know. It's a lovely question. I hope someone's qualified to answer it. Oh, you're welcome. I like that a lot. <laughs> Vivian, we shall find out. Is there anything hereditary about handwriting? Hereditary or genetic, actually? We'll do both. And, and, and you know, I don't think you're alone, obviously, because I've, I recognise it from my own life as well. A lovely question. Two lovely questions there. Lee and Vivian, thank you. Ten minutes after 12 is the time. Um, before we move on, I, I like this. So I don't know if... The problem with some of the jokes that come into the studio sometimes, it's a bit like being on social media... Uh, it, it, some people, and I fully understand why, because, you know, it's, it's not everyone that routinely gets sort of 10,000 likes and retweets for everything they put on Twitter. Some people like to chase these numbers. So what you do is you put up someone else's joke. I never know where the joke started. That's the problem. But Les has gone to the trouble of putting his surname on this. So I'm going to claim, I'm, I'm going to presume it's his own, all his own work. It's a response to um, my degree of incredulity at the Daily Mail comparing Boris Johnson to Churchill on its front page this morning. And Les Thompson in Edinburgh says, Boris Johnson, Churchillian, more like Chinchillian. I, I rather like that, actually. Don't, don't let the haters put you off, Les. Leroy is in Essex. Leroy, question or answer? Question, please, James. Carry and on. please be gentle with me. Oh, stop saying that. It makes me sound a bit <laughs> pervy. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> OK. If I'm on a train or I'm in a car... Yeah. If I'm on a train and I have a ball and I chuck it up yeah. or I chuck it forward in front of me, yeah. <laughs> you're lovely laughing. Why does it not move differently? Because it's, it's on the train. Because it's on the train as well, you clown. No, but, if I, but the train's moving. Yeah, so are you. And so is the ball. Yeah, I... All at the same speed. <laughs> chuck it out the window and then see what happens. Oh, that's, yeah, that's different. Yeah, I know, but I thought if the train's moving... <laughs> And you chuck it up. <laughs> yeah. 
It's still it's moving. Air, yeah, but it's still, no, because it's still moving at 80 miles an hour or however fast the train is going. I told you to be gentle with me, didn't I? Now, yeah, but it's almost like you should ask, when I'm on a train, James, when I jump in the air, why don't I fly backwards at 80 miles an hour like something out of the Matrix? You might as well have asked me that. Yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remind you, Leroy, at this point in proceedings, that the more I mock a question, the more the chances of someone coming on a little later in the programme and making a mockery of me increases. But I'm I'm fairly comfortable on this one that we're that that's not going to happen. So I'm going to. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I'm going to take my round of applause. <laughs> Thank you, Leroy. Good man. Twelve, twelve. Ben, King's Cross. Question or answer? Um, it's an answer, James. Bring, the, it. Uh, Bring heart, it on, Ben. The heart-shaped symbol. Oh, lovely. Yes. Um, right. It, 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 um, this is 99% sure. Okay, um, that's good. It's from the seed pod of um, a seed called the Silphium seed. Oh, yeah. And it's in the sh- that actual shape. And it was distributed um, in like the Roman, the Roman Empire okay. on coins. Um, but that is associated with like fertility... And like uh, anything like that, so that is from, as I know, where it's from. What was it? What was it called? It's the Silphium seed. Wow. Yeah. Qualifications? Studied ancient history at university. Mm. That's pretty strong. Why? <laughs> why? When did so? So the leaves. It's the pod of the actual seed. Is the the shape of that. Yeah. Um, and I think it went into... During one of the Emperor's reigns, it was it was sort of... It's extinct now. And I think they tried to refine it to sort of okay. boost utility again and everything, but they couldn't be. And then, I mean, it, it, then it became a... It was during the sort of um, age of chivalry that it became that it came back as a, as a Yeah, as a I mean, I just... It's just that kind is of the origin. Me. I just remembered that. I'm going to give you a round of applause. There, there may be some embellishment on that yeah, later. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I will, I will take that, though, but James, not enough to sure. No, that's fair play It's a few years ago now. When did your degree in ancient history last come in so useful? Um, pop quizzes, pretty much. Strong answer. Round of applause. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Tell you what I miss. I miss quiz machines in pubs. I used to love those. You very rarely come across a quiz machine in a pub anymore. It's coming up to quarter past 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Should we squeeze in one more? Oh, no. Professor Howes in Brighton, what do you want? I think you could have been a bit nicer about the train question. Oh, Leroy went away happy. We had bants. Um, the thing about it is, you're not entirely wrong. Mm, and the fact of the matter is, I'm going it's to put like it on my so... gravestone. He wasn't entirely wrong. That's my next book. Um, the flat earthers often um, put forward as their um, argument. Why can't you just go up in a helicopter and allow the earth to pass beneath you? Right. And as you wisely pointed out, this is what Einstein talked about. It's relativity. Exactly. The ball is moving at the same um, speed as the train. And so as far as the observer and the train is, the ball's moving up and down. But this is actually how Einstein proved that time travels differently depending on what speed you're doing. Imagine the person in the train bouncing the ball up and down. As far as they can see, the ball goes up and down in a straight line in one plane. Yeah. Okay? If someone's at the side of the track and they could look through the glass train, what would they see? They would see the ball 
travelling in a, like a, a wave form. Of course. And so the ball is travelling different amounts of distance in the same time. Yes. And from that, he worked out that um, time travels differently if you're going at speed. And the thing about it, the relativity works for all of us. I, I mean, if you're sitting still now in LBC Studios, actually you're not because the Earth's going round. But suppose yes. we stop the Earth. No, no, but the solar system's moving. Suppose we stop that. None of the galaxies moving. We're never, ever, ever standing still. Whoa. So throw it out the window, as you said, yeah. and then you see what relativity is all about. I, I don't want to sound unappreciative, Professor <laughs> Howe, but, I, I mean, you've just said what I said in slightly fancier language. Uh, and um, you mentioned Einstein. I did. I embellished yeah. your already well, excellent you've, you've answer. You've moved early here, because we might get another scientific question later in the programme, and, 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 and you will be, you'll be benched. No, but I, I, I teach this to my students about the ball bouncing up and down, and uh, I got all overexcited no, and started drawing pictures well, of trains and stuff. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I, I don't even know that you deserve a round of applause. I'm going to let Keith decide for the record, but I, I don't Come know. Come on, you, Keith. Have you moved? Anyway, we need to ask, what are your qualifications? Um, I'm very lucky to be the Professor of Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Keith, what do we reckon? Oh, get lost. Are you serious? <laughs> Take care, Hal. 12 16. This is LBC. This is LBC Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 973. I've just seen the final tweet in a, in a five-tweet thread. Um, I, I, I'm going to read you all of it because it, it made me chuckle. I'll read you bits of it anyway. It's from Ben. He said he was obviously at some sort of awards ceremony last night. Tough competition. He's done very well, compared by James Nesbitt. Uh, and then it gets a bit hilarious. Um, and, and Ben Collins, congratulations to you and your colleagues for doing so well in the uh, uh, HSI Awards, um, the Health Service, HSJ's Awards. Oh, it's a good paper, that. The Health Service Journal's awards programmes. Congratulations to you and all your colleagues from Bucks Healthcare. But I love this final tweet in the series. On the train home, there was a group of very young, very drunk recruiters, as in, you know, recruitment consultants, one of whom assured me that she could easily get me a job as I was reading a book, How to Be Right by at Mr. James O'B. Close brackets. She then threw up. <laughs> Steve is in Wisbeach. Steve, question or answer? It's a question, James, please. Carry on, Steve. Right, a quick story. As a lad, yeah. I used to get my father to take me to the local fair to win a goldfish. Oh, lovely. And every, yeah. Well, every time I went to that fair, there was no goldfish. It was always orange. And, and I said to my dad, why is there no goldfish? And he couldn't answer the question. Well, so I need someone to let me know why they're called goldfish. Well, I mean, gold, 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 is, gold is a, isn't, is, there's lots of different shades of golden and gold. I think orange is gold. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say yeah, you fool. <laughs> um, why are the goldfish called goldfish? Because you don't think they're gold, but I think they are gold. No, so, no stop saying no. That, I, I, well, okay, I'll put it on the board. Why are goldfish called goldfish when they're not actually gold? Exactly. That. But who would you take an answer from? If so, what level of qualification would you need for someone it to say actually, need... actually they are gold, and you'd stop it saying might... no? It might well be a fisherman. 
I, I don't know, James. What, what about a colourblind fisherman? Just being a fisherman isn't going to qualify him to come. Why, why are goldfish called gold? All right, I well, quite like be, it. He's going to be more qualified than my dad. If you say that, don't speak ill of your old man. That's just, that's, 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 that's sort of an ungrateful <laughs> son, are you? That's outrageous. <laughs> um, all right, we'll find out, we'll find out. 22 minutes after 12. Thank you, Steve. Why are goldfish called goldfish when Steve doesn't think they're gold? Uh, Leroy, we've done his answer about the train. Vivian's question, lovely question about um, handwriting. Is, is, is there any reason why so many of us think that we've got similar handwriting to our children and or parents? Eleanor is in Canary Wharf. Uh, question or answer? Hi, um, James. Hello. Oh, I'm a bit nervous now. It's only me. It's only me. Um, so my dad asked me to call and get an answer for this. Right, hang on a minute. Also... Why can't he do it himself? Because <laughs> he's at work. Oh, but right. I'll get onto that one oh, second. Okay. Um, <laughs> he also asked me to pass on his thanks to you, as he's a retired firefighter, oh. and we'd like to thank you for supporting them when they went on strike. Okay, thank you. I'm so very the question grateful. is: yes. <laughs> um, in tennis, why is zero referred to as love? Oh, I know. Because this. When he, oh, you do? Yeah, carry on. So, because when he plays in Spain, um, they call it nada, and which obviously means nothing. So why do we say love in English-speaking countries? You probably won't believe me. Go um, on, give me a go. The fact that you've mentioned English-speaking countries is a bit of a red herring, believe it or not. Because okay. when we first started playing tennis, the lingua franca of the sport was French. And love, do you know the French word for egg? No. French word for egg. Uh, Pardon? Sorry, did you say egg? Yes. Is it love? Like, are you something? Yeah, love. 15 love. (laughs) And what what is the shape shape of an egg? Oh, I don't know. That seems a bit far-fetched. Didn't I say that you weren't going to believe me? This is uncanny. (laughs) It's like I'm reading your mind at every turn. That is the correct answer. I knew you would be sceptical, but that, that is the answer. And the reason why it goes up 15, 30, 45 is because they used to use clock faces to display the store, the score. Oh, I didn't know that. That is very interesting. There you go. So you're going to take that as correct? Well, yeah, because it is. <laughs> I, will, I will give you that, James. Thank I'll you, give Eleanor. you a round of applause. Excellent. Pass <laughs> on my regards to your father. I will, thank you. Lovely stuff. It's true, that. Is that no one ever believes it because it sounds so unlikely, but love and love, 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 love. Fraser's in Aberdeen. Fraser, question or answer? Uh, I've got a question on behalf of my 10-year-old son. Excellent. Carry on. He would like to... He's a, he's a budding paleontologist, but before he does that, he's going to have to do a bit of uh, zoology at university, he's informed me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the sound he, of this 10-year-old. And he would, he would, he would like to know, hmm. at, what, at what temperature will a polar bear freeze to death? I know that's a pretty grim question, but... Yeah, well, it's a little more morbid, but, you know. These are the type of questions that 10-year-old budding paleontologists ask, I guess. I guess it is, yeah. I I love it. Um, What temperature? I mean, would it be... Yeah? How cold does it have to be for a polar bear to freeze to death? Yes. See, Keith said very cold then in my ear, which I was thinking of saying to you, but then I thought the question has come from a 10-year-old boy. For me to make a joke that he would consider immature would be a bit of a mistake. Exactly. He wants a number. I, I so. know he does. I know he does. Yeah, Keith, sharp. So I will find out for how cold. I mean, it may never have happened, of course. I mean, who would have? T- I mean, how sick would you have to be to find out, Fraser? What sort of a son are you raising? <laughs> um, a very curious one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I hope we find out. But it did just occur to me as I was about to congratulate you on the quality of the question. I mean, there must be something around around the. Uh, 
at what point does his, his blood freeze or something? Yeah, I don't no, know. I, exactly it's, that. It's, it's, exactly it's that. pretty grim, I know. It's, I, it's I, not I that grim. But I, it's not. I, mean, I, uh, I, like I promised it. him that I will spend my Thursday lunchtimes calling you to, oh, to find you the, the answer to this what's question, his, and I finally got through. So. I'm so glad. What's his name? It's Archie. Archie, we will do our level best. And I, d- I don't think the question is grim at all. I think it's precisely the sort of question that an inquiring mind destined for academic greatness and paleontological celebrity would be coming up with at such a tender age. So we will do our level best to find you an answer, Archie. And thank you, Fraser, for, for bringing us such a brilliant question. Yeah, thanks, James. Bye. Well, mind how you go. 12.27. How cold would it have to be for a polar bear to freeze to death? Sammy's in Newcastle, un- uh, Newcastle under Lyme. Sammy, question or answer? Answer. Bring it. Uh, it's to do with the uh, uh, handwriting. Is it? Go on. Um, uh, it's when you're learning to handwrite, generally it's your parents that teach you how to handwrite. So you copy the way that they write. And that's why you have a similar handwriting to one of your parents. It, don't, don't most of us learn at school? Uh, no, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I write like my mum because she taught me how to write. Do you? I do my signature like my dad because when I was. I do my signature like my dad because uh, yeah, I learned. Also, we've got the same name, so I just used to copy him when I was a kid. But but his handwriting was much better than mine. Uh, I learnt my handwriting at school, so there's no resemblance. But maybe my girl learnt hers from me or something. Yeah, well, well, that's why that is not hereditary because uh, or genetically. It's learned behaviour. So yeah, so Vivian's dad possibly taught her brother. And yeah. Vivian's mum taught her. That would be the oh, obvious... Oh, her brother just watched the dad more when he was writing. Well, that's what I was about to say. I think my daughter just copies me rather than me having taught her. Yeah. Um, what are your qualifications? Uh, I did a bit of evolution and behaviour and genetics at uni, so uh, I kind of I don't see how those fit into... You couldn't. There's, there, you, there's no earthly way it could happen. because if you, I yeah. mean, unless we found someone who was separated from their parents at birth... And then 30 years later, they turned out to have identical handwriting. Yeah. Th- that's just never going to happen, is it? No. Nope. Round of applause for Sammy. Cheers. Thank you, mate. Uh, Mark's in Reading. Mark, question or answer? Uh, I was wondering what the... T- well, hello, James. Uh, I was wondering where uh, the term for Black Friday came from. Isn't it the Wall Street crash? Well, really? I think so. I don't know if that was Friday, but the first Black Day was... was um, the Wall Street crash, wasn't it? I don't know. I mean, like Black oh, Friday, where the, they have all the sales, don't they? Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, I do. I know that as well. That is the day. Oh, is it the day that the businesses move into the black? I can't remember. Oh, so Black Friday, as in the massive sale. I mean, it's from America. You know that. Yeah, because my mate was trying to tell me something. I there is an answer to that. I used to know it, but I'm getting old. I'm getting old, Mark, and my memory's failing, and I'm moving away from the capacious knowledge base that I used to be so proud of. You're not old. I'm a year older than you. You're not old. Well, we're both old, mate. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I shall try to find out for you. Black Friday in the context of the relatively modern arrival on these shores of like a massive sale on a, on a very specific Friday. It's linked to accountancy or tax returns or something. Um... The original term was the was the stock market crash, but that's not what's been referred to here. This is this is the bit the day as in the big sales. It's funny. Um, 
a lovely message from my friend Nigel who says, your handwriting is exactly the same as my brother Ben's who was at Ampleforth with you. That's not possible, Nigel. My, my handwriting is awful. And Ben's mum had the most beautiful handwriting I've ever seen. It's half past 12. Holly Harris has the headline. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. This is LBC. 12.35 already. Uh, how cold would it have to be for a polar bear to freeze to death? Why are goldfish called goldfish when they're not gold? A um, couple of people obviously share my enthusiasm for Blackadder. <laughs> um, uh, you're filling the gaps there yourself. Why do we call Black Friday Black Friday? Is that the lot, Keith? That's all I've got left. It's three to go at half time. James is in Zurich. James, question or answer? Uh, question, please, mate. <laughs> Hello. What are you doing here? Are you on tour at the moment? Yeah, just going to Zurich. Listen, and, uh, you are the least rock and roll pop star in the world. He's in Switzerland on a rock and roll tour and he's phoning into Mystery Hour. James McVeigh on the line, ladies and gentlemen, of the popular beat combo The Vamps. Go on then. What's the question? Well, I'm getting married a year today, yes. and it got me thinking about wedding dresses. And where where did they come from? When did it become a thing? Where were they first worn and where? Nice question. Have, 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 has has, um, has Kirsty got hers yet? <sighs> it's a bit of, yeah, she, she, yeah, she has. And okay. I, I know all about it, so I... I, is that bad luck? No, so no, no. Exactly as long as you don't see, her, as long as you don't see her on the day, I think there might be some old superstition about not not seeing the dress. But I, I wouldn't worry. I'm duly yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. I, I know, I know the answer to this. I don't know if that will delight you or disappoint you. No, that's great. As with a lot of things, it's all about Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Right. So they got it's like Christmas trees and Christmas cards. Actually, he was the first person to send Christmas cards. Um, and then okay. every, everybody copied him. So it was a bit like, you know, the, the, the biggest celebrities of the 19th century. Queen Victoria wore a fancy dress on her wedding day. And after that point, lots of people copied her. Right, and, and was, I presume it was a white dress then, so that's why... Yeah, big, I think you can see it, can't white. you, at the V&A or somewhere like that. But anyway, yes, it was a fancy pants white dress. It looked like a sort of, you know, flowing fairy gown. And from that point on, uh, all women who sought to emulate the royals... <laughs> would buy a similar dress. And, and I think it had a veil and a train and all of that malarkey, but don't sue me if I'm wrong. Well, no, great. Thank you, James. You're very Smashed welcome. It. You on stage tonight? Uh, no, tomorrow night. We played um, Cologne last night, so a little bit hungover from my like, bit croaky. So no, thank so God there's not a show today. It'll be all right. Have a good oh. kip. Lem sip. Honey, honey and lemon. That's what you want. Take Absolutely. it easy. I'll see you soon, yeah? <laughs> yeah, see you. Cheers, James. Round of applause for me. No, thank you. Keith. Keith. Not funny. Peter is in Dublin. Peter, question or answer? Question, James. Carry on. Why do windows in continental Europe generally open inwards and windows in Britain and Ireland windows. generally open outwards? I thought you said widows at the beginning of that question. No, I didn't know no, what the no. hell you were talking about, you filthy man, honestly. <laughs> so is that right? No, win windows. windows. In continental yeah, Europe, true. they open inwards and in the UK, they open outwards? Yeah, absolutely. Is that true? Is that, I'm just going to do a straw poll in the office. Did we recognise this description, Aaron, Ava, Keith? God, three blank faces. Three blank faces. Yeah. Speak no evil, go. speak no evil, speak no evil. Shutters, is it something to do with shutters? No idea. Yeah, if you've got shutters, you don't want a window that opens outwards. Shutters are very common in continental Europe. Ergo, shutters are the reason that our windows That's open. a definite possibility. That's it. Okay. And also we have, yeah, so I'll take a round of applause for that as well. Okay. Oh, I'm knocking them out of the park today, Pete. It's been, it's been a while since I was collecting rounds of applause with such gay abandon. Thank you very much. 12.39 is the time. Doug is in Bracknell. Doug, question or answer? 
Um, it's an answer, James. Carry on, Doug. To the uh, goldfish question. Oh, marvellous. Marvellous. Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, so do I. Look, the, the, the sort of short answer is the word orange, the colour orange, is a relatively new addition to the English language. Yes. Uh, 16th century. It comes from um, Naranja, the, the actual orange tree. Yes. So we named the colour after the fruit. Yes. Before then, before the 16th century, this doesn't just apply to goldfish. It applies to things like um, robins with, with, with supposedly red breasts. Yes. Robins don't have red breasts, they have orange breasts. Yes. Red kites, which are orange. Yes. Red necked phalarope, which are orange. What was the um, last one? Red necked phalarope. Oh, of course, yes. So, I mean, there's a lot of orange animals, demonstrably what we would call orange animals these days, which are called red or gold. And the reason for that is, like I say, the word orange is a new addition to the English language. But before we had the word orange, orange. which comes from Naranja, mm. we had an Anglo Saxon word. <clears throat> called, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's uh, effectively gold. G-E-O-L-U-R-E-A-D. Geoluread. Geoluread. Yeah, and that, that, was, that was effectively what we called um, orange. I mean, sort of yellow This is a beautiful colour. answer. Why were you so sort of nervous at the beginning or, or un, 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 unstrident at the beginning? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, 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 it's, what I do, it's what I do for a hobby. I'm a zoologist who writes about the naming of animals. But, um, Mate, you can't, um, what do you mean? Do you, so this is literally your job, and you came on all nervous. You should listen to no, some of the other callers. They think, they, they think they've got all that. You should listen to the no, presenter. No, 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 he couldn't James, be more full of himself James. if he tried. Go on. <laughs> no, no, James, it's not my job. It's just oh. what I do for a hobby. Oh, what a lovely hobby. But, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, so many, many things that we, that we would refer to as as, as orange now, even a red fox, which isn't red. No, it's orange. Not, it's, orange. Uh, it, it, it's called. Never thought we, of it. We call it red because there was no word for orange. The only, the, the closest we came before the 16th century <gasps> in Naranja. Do you know was, what they call uh, a goldfish uh, in France? Do you know what they call a goldfish in France? Uh, supper. Might <laughs> 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 be, be a snack anyway. Le, pois, <laughs> le poisson rouge. There we go. That proves your point perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah. Round of applause for Doug. Thank you. Thank you. Look at that. What a lovely hobby as well. Um, Tim's in Twickenham. Tim, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Let's go. Black Friday. Yeah. Um, you did say specifically with respect to Black Friday sales, didn't you? Yes. Yes. So in the States... Uh, Are you in charge uh, at the moment, Tim? No, I'm not. I'm in the lobby of my office space. A very agreeable echo going on. Carry on. I'm terribly sorry. I'll move no, I love it. No, I like it. Agreeable, <laughs> I said. I like echoes. Carry on. So, yes, Black Friday uh, in the context uh, of these mega sales. Uh, Thanksgiving in the US is on a third. Americans get Thursday off, day of work, and they make it into a long weekend by also taking the Friday off. Mm. No one goes into work on the Friday. They Lights are out in the offices. Black Friday. They all go shopping. Bob's your Indeed. uncle. Beautiful answer. Qualifications? Um, I heard it on the news. I'm sorry, it's just as boring as that. No, that'll do nicely. I mean it at the beginning of Mystery Hour every week when I say you could have just seen it on the telly last night. You don't. I mean, look, the last, that's a beautiful juxtaposition of callers. The last fella's hobby is literally looking into the derivation of animals' names, and he phoned in to tell us why a goldfish is called a goldfish. You just happen to hear it on the news, but you're equally qualified, and the reward is, of course, the same. Round of applause for Tim. Lovely stuff, Tim. Thank you, mate. 12.43 is the time. James is in Glasgow. James, question or answer? 
Hi, it's an answer, James. Carry on. Uh, it's to the polar bear question. Excellent. How cold does a polar bear have to be to freeze to death? So their habitat, interestingly, can go to, uh, well, which is the Arctic, can go to around minus 70. But it's not to do with how cold that is in particular. It's to do with how much food that the polar bear has and the fat reserves. So they're able to survive in cold temperatures up to minus 70, but it's usually the lack of food and the lack of fat that will make them freeze to death yeah. in these temperatures. Right. Oh, I see. So a healthy polar bear is going to last longer than an unhealthy polar bear, but yeah, the general, exactly. but the general region of, of fatality is in the in the minus seventies. Yeah, well, that's what the Arctic can go down to, and polar bears can die. Well, they, they, it can be slightly warmer than that, and they can have a lot less fat reserves and also freeze to death. It, okay. It's to do with the temperature, to do with how much fat they have in uh, their body. Uh, uh, yeah. So. I mean, what would be the low? I'm just trying to think for a 10-year-old, an answer that we'd be able to sort of... I suspect this 10-year-old is pretty clever and he's already more than happy to take this one to the bank. But if we wanted to put it even... Because that's a variable, isn't it? But but fat fat and muscle is a variable. But you you would never... Even the scrawniest polar bear on the planet wouldn't freeze to death at minus 20. Uh, No, that would be uh, dying to a lack of food. So where where are you putting the roughly putting the lowest point at which a scrawny polar bear could perish from cold i've not got the experience yeah i know being with a scrawny polar bear i know but he's 10 uh, archie it's it's, think about archie mate come on no 63 63 minus 63 i'll take 63 so so, so 60s 70s (laughs) depending on how healthy the polar bear is but that's the sort of question archie would like because he is a budding scientist so he knows that these things are rarely black and white, that they, they will be dependent upon what what scientists call variables. Yeah, well, that would be a good chance for him to do a bit more research bingo. and delve into it a bit more. Bingo, bingo, bingo. That's exactly yes. right. What are your qualifications? Uh, I've been doing a project for around five years um, to raise awareness of endangered species. Of course you have. Tell us a bit more about it. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I make some limited edition screen prints with my brother. You do. And each print comes with a UV torch, and you shine a torch on the endangered species, and it reveals the skeleton. And we donate 20% of each print sale to a charity that is dedicated to protecting each species. Um, so for the polar bear print, we are working with Polar Bears International, and the uh, proceeds of each print go to Polar Bears International. Beautiful. What's the website? Oh, um, it's underthescin.co.uk. Underthescin.co.uk. Um, yes, and they're limited edition screen prints. So, um, yeah, they're all printed by hand and the colours are mixed by hand. And, and I've I seen do with some. My brother. I've, I've had a look before and they are beautiful. Yeah, I've wanted to send you one as well. No, no, you, you don't uh, need to do that. You don't need to do that. Are you sure? I, well, just for the work that you do and... Uh, oh, you're very kind. Yeah. Um, oh, if you want. I, 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 I know one of my... I can think exactly where it would go on the wall. But um, but don't feel obliged under any... any Perfect. Well, I would be happy to send one through to you. Okay. Well, maybe send one to Archie instead. We shall see. Anyway, take the round of applause, and I'm glad that we've managed to promote the work that you do. Perfect. Thank you very much, James. Take care, James. God bless. Uh, 12.46. Coming up at one on LBC, Sheila Fogarty. The men who would be Chancellor of the Exchequer, Sajid Javid and John McDonnell, have more in common than they're prepared to admit. Spend, spend, spend. Sheila Fogarty on LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Ten minutes to one. Uh, find someone in your life who says your name with as much enthusiasm as that fella says mine. Although he, of course, got paid. Uh, we continue with Mystery Hour. Now, I have to tell you, during election periods, I have uh, uh, what you might call a fit of the vapours or a small case of the collie wobbles. The only time I've ever put a foot wrong professionally. 
ah, in this job was when I fell foul of rules governing elections live on the radio. What, what I said was absolutely true, but I said it at a time in an electoral cycle where you were not allowed to say anything at all. Um, so when the producer said in my ear during the last break, we have really messed up, I had a little panic attack. I'm not going to lie to you. My tummy turned a little somersault. My heart speeded up a little bit. I checked my phone to see if the doctors had been in touch, <laughs> suggesting that I could pop in for a blood pressure test. Like they did yesterday. It was a robot, by the way. They weren't they weren't listening to me deal with a particularly mutton-headed Brexit caller. Um, so I just had a right old flip. And I, I said, what have we done? Was it? Can, I, can we blame it on Sadiq Khan? Was it, what have we done? Have we? So, so I've got six weeks of this, living on, living, living, living on tenterhooks. Turns out she wasn't talking about that at all. We, we've answered all the questions on this week's Mystery Hour and we've still got eight minutes to go. That, that is, uh, next time, don't use such portentous language, please. It really frightened the life out of me. And I've edited it slightly to avoid offending younger listeners. <laughs> we've really messed up. We haven't really. We've just run out of questions. So we'll squeeze a couple more in, but um, it means it'll be allegedly, <laughs> allegedly home straight for Mystery Hour this week. The Goldfish, the Black Friday, the Polar Bear. I mean, we can still have... Uh, stewards inquiries still room for stewards inquiries the handwriting quite a lot of you getting in touch Sue tells me she's got the same handwriting as her daughter and her mum and the um, the point where a lot of you have picked up on me suggesting that the polar bear question wasn't black and white but no one has put it more funnily than the fella I've lost his tweet now he said polar bears aren't black and white James you're thinking of pandas <laughs> Robert's in Loughton Robert question or answer Answer. Carry on. Okay. It's uh, a question that was about the Black Friday. Ah, you had Stewart's a inquiry. Answer. Stewart's inquiry. You had a partial answer. Good. Carry on. Okay. The reason why it's called Black, yes, it is the day after Thanksgiving, and um, everybody's off, so it's a bigger shopping day of the year. But the reason why it's called Black Friday is because all the stores are supposed to go for the year, they're taking the whole year from red to black. In other words, they're going from a loss, all the expenses and everything are done, and they go for a profit for the rest of the year. So that's why it's black. That's what it I goes, thought. Yeah, stores go from red to black. That's what I thought. Uh, it, why would they all do it on the same day? There must be a slightly broader answer, mustn't there? It's, it's well, that, that's just where like it an came average. from. It's an now, average. It's just because an average they said most, most shops, that's the biggest day, so they would go from Yep. You know, it's a generalized term. That's what I thought. I'm going to give you a round of applause. What are your qualifications? Uh, I'm living here for 13 years, but I was accountant originally in the U.S. <laughs> in New York? In New York, yes. I thought so. so. So you're a former accountant from New York who is living incognito in Loughton. Uh, you were clearly, yeah, you were clearly a mob. No, my wife's British. So. You were clearly a mob accountant, and now you're hiding. <laughs> He's hiding from no, the mob in Loughton. No, I'm only joking. I'm only, God, imagine if he were. That would be a terrible thing I just did. <laughs> so you moved here for love, Robert? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Bradley's in Twickenham. Bradley, question or answer? Hi there. Um, answer. Carry no, on. Sorry, question. Oh, this, sorry. Is, this has started well. Carry on. <laughs> James, um, yes. when you get hair on your head, it's called a head of hair. When you get hair under your arms, it's called armpit hair. When you get hair on your legs, it's called leg hair. Yes. So why is, when you get hair on your face, it's called a beard? Yeah. Beard hair. I mean, it is still hair. 
beard yeah, hair. Yeah, but it's called a beard. I mean, you've got a beard, and uh-huh. you're going to the researcher said he's got one, but he yeah. didn't have a clue. I have got one, well, but, but I'm, what would you call it? Why wouldn't you call it? But what else would you call it? It's like it's got because it's, it's in a, it's in and of itself. You could call it chin hair. hair. You could call it chin. Yeah. Did you just say that at the same time as me? I did. Let's cross fingers and make it wish. Oh, whoa, right, okay. got it. Yeah, make it stop. Got it. It's gone. It's fine. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I'll ask, but it, it'll probably turn into derivation of beard rather than the question you're asking, which is why is a beard the only collection of? Um, yeah. I need. To, I need to tell that we've actually got a bit of a bit of a rumpus unfolding in the studio. The fellow who answered the phone has not got a beard. Or at least it, oh. it, it, he's got, he's got, I, I mean, my late father would say the cat could lick it off <laughs> when describing the state of Aaron's chin. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's a bit like, I remember walking into an English class in 1987 and Mr. Carter said, you need to go and have a shave. And I've never been prouder in my life because it was the first time anybody had ever said that to me. Bum How fluff. Old is he? Is he 12? Bum 13? fluff. There's no need to be rude, Bradley. <laughs> 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 Bum fluff is the word we used to use when I was a younger man. No, I, no it's unfair. It's unfair. Uh, I'll find out for you, but I don't think I don't think you're going to get an answer. Why is a beard called a beard when everything else is just hair specific? I think it'll just be someone telling us where the word beard comes from. Facial? We call it facial hair, you fool. No, not always. Yeah, but we do. You don't say, can you trim my facial hair? Or can I have some facial hair oil, please? No, you're true, and you don't yeah, have... Is there a word? I bet there might be a word in some circles for armpit hair as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a thing. You know, you yeah. could call it your, I don't know, your trousseau or something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I like the question. I shall find out for you. And you've reminded me, my beard needs to trim. These clips that LBC keep putting out, I look like Wurzel Gummidge in them at the moment. You could tell got so much going on. I haven't had time to pop to my um, barbers. Uh, Richard's in Grantham. Richard, question or answer? Hi, um, answer that's to the in, beard. That's incredible. This is almost like this programme's got a producer for once. Carry on. Uh, well, I'm sitting in a traffic jam at the moment. Oh, well, then I'm your friend, Richard. What, what's the, what, what, where, does, where does it come from? Where does the word beard come well, from? Well, it's, it's facial hair. Yeah. It's a general term yeah. for hair on the face. It's facial hair. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the answer. That's not the answer. Why is why is. is why is facial hair the only body hair that has its own name? That's the question. Oh no, 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 no! The gentleman was referring to well, why is leg why is hair on the leg called leg hair? Yeah, but leg so hair doesn't have is... another name. So the question is, what what is different about facial hair that means it has another name? You see, the question evolved while oh. you were on hold. Oh, I see. Okay, that's all right. It's better than being stuck in a traffic jam. You know, you're just ch- well, ch- ch- chewing the fat live on national radio. But the question did evolve while you were talking to uh, the boy with the bum fluff. Liam's in Cambridge. Liam, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Facial hair again. Yes. Facial hair is the name of the hair, same as leg hair or the yes. hair on your head. Yes. But the beard is the style, same as you could have long hair, dreadlocks, buzz cut. Oh, so you could have a, a beard, a moustache, mutton chops on your face, but it's all types of facial hair. You did that so fluently. I've just been on the line to the producers and said the same thing. No, so but I was that, ready you, to the go. way you dropped it, though, it's just the mutton chops. It sounded like that old Halifax advert where, you know, it went <laughs> Don in, Doncaster, Mal in, Malchester, that one. It's just, it's just a thing of beauty, that, Liam. Well, thank you. And, of course, it's true. So, crew cut, buzz cut, Mohican, mohawk, those are all haircuts. They are all styles of hair. So, beard has become a generic term like hairstyle. Yes, indeed. Round of applause. Well, hang on, what are your qualifications? Uh, it's just something I know. What? 
<laughs> it was just when the guy said it, I thought, well, that's not right. Obviously, you can have a beard or a moustache. Yeah. Strong. It's just not called a beard. No, it's all sorts of goatee beard. Can't think of any others now. Any other <laughs> Father, Father Christmas beard. Father, thank you, Sheila. <laughs> so glad. Thank you for playing. My first round of applause. There thank it you, is, It's all for you, Lou. That's it for another day. Um, don't tell my daughters, but I've bought beard baubles for Christmas this year. For, for your own face? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, just checking. They come, you know, like little crocodile clips. Never heard of them. No, nor have I. I found them in, <laughs> I found them in, a, in a tech shop. I think it was in Cambridge. And you're going to leave those on whilst eating and, and Christmas lunch, you? Clip, yeah, if my hair's long enough, my beard's long enough, they're little crocodile clips with mini mm. baubles on and you can decorate your beard with them. So I'm going to come down on Christmas morning and surprise them with it. It's more of a hair don't than a hair do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, James. Is it me now? It is. It's me now. Uh, With resignations realigning things in both the Conservative and Labour parties, the beginning of the general election has an end of an era feel to it. Labour's deputy leader, Tom Watson, has stepped down and won't stand as an MP. He was deemed to be a bridge between the so-called moderates and the Corbyn-supporting wing of the party. Ian Austin, also standing down, urged fellow Labour people to vote Tory. In the blue corner, the UKIPification of the Tory party is fast concluding and their spending announcements today are looking distinctly borrowy in nature. So who, who, with all of this happening, all of these movements back and forth, who are you going to vote for? <laughs>